You're listening to the Theology of Music podcast. Follow on Instagram and subscribe to the only podcast that unpacks the good and sometimes bad theology in the songs that we sing. again to the Theology of Music podcast. My name is Joel. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, Thank you for tuning in. It's been wonderful to see more and more listeners kind of uh, get on board uh, with this. What am I saying? (laughs) It's just nice to see new people, um, even though I don't see them. Uh, But the cool thing too is with with some of these new people, I'm getting some interesting requests. And so one of them uh, was something that I wanted to I've, I've wanted to do, which was to kind of do hymns again, but in in a more um, kind of locked in cadence of maybe kind of once a month. Uh, and so today's episode is on Amazing Grace, and it's just been really cool. Uh, also, the God's just been opening doors to um, have some really cool guests on the on the show, and so there's some really cool guests coming up that I'm excited for you guys to hear. Um, one of them is the co-founder of the app Dwell, which is a Bible. Kind of reading app. It's really cool. Um, he uh, is a part of a group that Aaron uh, Keys is a part of. So you, you might know that name or you might not. Uh, but anyway, so I've been talking to those two and I'm going to get Aaron Williams on uh, who is from um, the Dwell app. But uh, <laughs> I told my wife this um, because I'm just I'm all about shooting my shot right now. Um, shooting my shot. And uh, I in after that, after Aaron emailed me back, I said, you know what? I'm, in, I'm just going to go on Instagram and I'm going to message Justin Bieber. <laughs> uh, he has not gotten back to me yet, so we'll see what happens there. Um, but anyway, so one of the listeners uh, asked for this song and I, I honestly had to take a step back and think, have I, haven't I reviewed this song? No, I have not. Uh, and I'm sad to say that I have not reviewed this song. So I'm going to review Amazing Grace with no, no chains. No chained version, um, the unchained version, version unchained melody. You could say, I'm got, I gotta stop, and I'm gonna keep going. Uh, but I'm doing Amazing Grace, and um, man, it feels so weird when looking back at these songs to to talk about Amazing Grace and say, you know, it was written by John Newton, and it was written in nineteen or seventeen seventy nine. Just to be able to say that again, it's kind of like Oh Holy Night, you know, thinking back to when these songs were written. Um, and it, it's, it's just so cool, um, to, to get to do this. These, these are songs, these hymns that are so rich and have been such an integral part to the, to the worship, corporate worship of, of, of the church for the last 300 plus years. Um, it's, it's not, we shouldn't take it for granted is what I'm trying to say. So anyway, so we're going to take a look at the song and particularly I'm going to look at, you know, just, I'm going to give you a quick bio, you know, of John Newton, if you don't know him, but I'm also going to look at um, some things that have been popping up in my mind uh, these past few weeks from conversations I've had with what's going on in our culture and the world and the greater world um, for this, another podcast that's blowing up. And and then, so let's just get to, so John Newton, if you don't know, he, he was Born at in at seventeen twenty five in England, London, England, and he died in London in eighteen oh seven. And he was born into a Christian home with a godly mother, but he his he she died when he was seven, and um, he joined his father at sea when he was eleven. It's kind of cool. Um, <laughs> he was licentious and tumultuous in his sailing life. I'm just listening. Um, he tried to desert the Royal Navy, but anyway, so. 
he he grew up in a time right that's not like ours there's there's just there's nothing that has to do with our culture today and yet there there are lines in this song that i think are so pertinent to to where we are today so so going through the verses i'm, I'm particularly going to land actually on the first one but i want to read through these first right so amazing grace how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me i once was lost but now i'm found was blind but now i see "'Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed. Through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. Tis grace has brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. The Lord has promised good to me. His word my hope secures. He will my shield and portion be as long as life endures.' And then this one, you never really hear this one. Yes, when this flesh and heart shall fail and mortal life shall cease, I shall possess within the veil a joy, a life of joy and peace. And then um, there's, so there's, there's sometimes they add a different one where instead it's, it's not the earth shall soon dissolve like snow and sun forbear to shine, but God who called me here below will be forever mine. There's also when we've been there 10,000 uh, years shine bright shining like the sun. We have, we've no less days to sing his praise than when he, we first begun. Um, so those are all the verses right now. Do I have any issues? Uh, one of the <laughs> one of the issues I do have with this song, lyrically, is um, and if you are superly attached to the song, I'm sorry, uh, but it doesn't make any sense in the very first line. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Um, I honestly think the person put that line in there so they could rhyme with found. Sorry, John Newton. You can fight me when we get to heaven. <laughs> it's just there's there's no th- thematically. It's amazing grace how sweet the sound and there's not there's no sound reference song reference ever again in the song uh that's amazing grace okay so this did the sound save me or the grace save me it says the grave saves me grace saved me but why am i re- referencing the sound it doesn't make any sense um but other than that like the rest of the song is is amazing right you know it's, it's so cool to see um, the, the truth of the gospel in this song, right? And, and now the, the issue, one of the main issues is it doesn't mention Jesus. And it's true. You know, grace is great, but grace has to be found in something. Grace is unmerited favor, but it has to be, it has to be like, who is giving the favor? Um, and to be honest, the only time that it references the Lord is at the very last stanza. And so to, if I was going to give this song a, a, a grade, I guess I would say, yeah, it doesn't really mention Jesus. Now it, it alludes to things. It alludes to salvific language. It alludes to, to the Lord in some ways, and, but it doesn't, it doesn't focus on him. And so, you know, it's a fantastic hymn, but it does, it has some lacking parts. But what, what I've loved about this hymn and and what I just is so interesting to me is is this idea of of being a wretch, right? Of of this word that carries so much weight to it. It's 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 not even you know we might say someone's a wretched person, which we would think is oh man they're really bad. But honestly, it's it's more like an unfortunate and unhappy person, right? It's it's more about not being just despicable or, or, con- or contemptible, but it's also y- you, you're miserable, right? You're, you're not just sinful. You're not just dis- despicable or vile or base. You're, un- you're profoundly unhappy. And, and why is that? Well, that's, that's because you 
are outside of the grace that comes through Christ. And, and why, why am I thinking about that? Why, why is this something that I'm focusing on when there's so many parts of the song? And hey, you know, never know. I might do a, another one where I talk about a different verse or different stanza uh, more explicitly. But here's, so it's no wonder, right? You, you probably know what's going on in our culture, right? So right now, we we're just in this this weird position as a, as a nation and in the world, right? We've got we've got all this stuff going on, and I'm not getting get political, but it, you know, you look at what everything is happening in Afghanistan, and it's terrible, right? People who are not believers are looking at what's happening at the hands of the Taliban, and they're going, "This is terrible. How could Biden?" Right? People who who are are woke and are all about progressive ideals and. And even in the church, right, we might push back on, hey, we need to look at not condemning those who are living alternate lifestyles, right? And, and we're woke in, in our culture in general, right? Everyone has to be tolerant, uh, except then no one's tolerant. Um, the irony, right? We, we, we think you can't have truth and then we have an absolute truth. We think you shouldn't, you need to be canceled if you don't uh, agree with my, my ideologies, right? And this is just this insane situation we find ourselves in. And yet, similar to what happened with 9-11, we're, we're kind of rallying in ways that... I'm surprising me, right? Left and right are rallying around how despicable it is what's going on with the Taliban. And many people would say the the moral debacle of what our president has done, right? Leaving these people, stranding these people. And in it's interesting. And the reason why it's interesting is because we're it's it it is our nature to call out evil because that is how the Lord wired us, right? He has placed upon every person's heart right and wrong. I mean, it, it, is, it, is, it is inherent in our own DNA to see injustice. We cannot unsee injustice. It's just part of who we are in him, right? This is Romans 2 language where the Apostle Paul is, is talking about the Gentiles, right? Who aren't Christians, right? They don't know Jesus and the law and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and he says, the Gentiles who don't even have the law by nature do what the law requires. They do good, right? They're doing the right thing. And because of that, they are a law to themselves, even though they don't have the law, right? They're doing the right thing, even though there's no place that says this is the right thing, right? There's no, they're not going, oh yeah, God says this is the right thing, so I'm going to do it, right? And what he's saying is the law of Moses, the Ten Commandments. They show, they continue on, they show that the work of the law is written on their hearts while their conscience also bears witness and their conflicting thoughts accuse or excuse him. The, we know whether we are in Christ or outside of Christ, what is right and wrong because God has ingrained that into our very being, right? It is part of our soul. It's not part of our body. It's a part of our soul. We feel in our soul what is right and what is wrong. That's why we have these visceral reactions when we see these terrible things. And even left and right cultures that are different can unite and say, that is evil. How dare they? You know, when you hear these stories or these of these of the Taliban, like raping girls or killing husbands so they can sell their women into sex slavery and all this kind of, and you're and they're killing people in the street and they don't care. And they're saying death to America. And they, they literally could care. They couldn't care less. 
right, about us and our livelihood and, and the livelihood of anyone that is outside of their ideology. And, and we would look at that and we would, hands down, everyone would say is evil, right? We would just say it's evil, left and right, we would say it's evil. Well, here's, here's the thing about us doing that is we are really, really good at pointing out other wretches. We're so good at that. I mean, we, we could, we could do a dissertation on that. We could teach a dissertation class. We could teach a PhD program on how to call out the sin in other people, right? Jesus even talks about that when he says, you're essentially, you're so good at calling out sin in other people that you don't even notice the, the, the absolute log in your eye, right? You're so good at calling out the minute little failures of another person, the things that they are doing wrong. You're so good that you can actually ignore. You have a, you, you are able to just put out of mind the, the log cabin in front of you. That is you in your sin. And it's, it's just so interesting because it's, it's the system that we have created. And, and so kind of going back to what I was hinting at before, there's, there's this podcast that's blown up and it's called the rise and fall of Mars Hill. And it's, it's released by Christianity today, which I have issues, issues with anyway. Uh, and I'd love to talk to them if they ever want to talk to them. Not like they would talk to me because it's not like I have a big podcast, but they, they released this podcast in episodes. Um, and honestly, it's like, it's like how the, the Loki series, it's like all the Disney plus series. Uh, it's like how lost was back in the day. Like it's, it's just blowing up and, and every week people are just, I can't wait to hear more about this terrible situation within a church that, that Mars Driscoll, Mars, Mars Driscoll, <laughs> Mark Driscoll, uh, headed. And, and, and there's a lot of stuff in this, this, this podcast that just seems so it, it it just seems the word i would look for that i would use is just dirty it it seems wrong and here's why the question i would ask to myself if i was going to do a podcast like that is why it's the same i mean i ask myself that question now when i do this podcast why am i doing this podcast well one I love talking about music and theology within it. And I just, I love talking about the Lord and what he's done in my own life. And I love to encourage people. That's why I do this podcast. I don't do this podcast so I can make a name for myself. I don't do this podcast so I can talk to cool people, although it's a great, you know, benefit. I do this podcast because I love all that goes into this podcast. And, and yet the rise and fall of Mars Hill podcast is is this exploitation of what of one author calls failure porn and that is this we we this expose on some person's problems and we we can't wait as some people were saying i can't wait to hear the next week's episode i'm like you are reveling in the destruction of many people's lives and you can't get enough of it. I know there's some people that are identifying with this abusive system that Mark Driscoll established within his church. And you can go listen to this podcast. I don't, I'm not saying you can't listen to it, but I just don't see the benefit to the church, to, to the bride of Christ from this podcast. And I believe it's this thing that we just can't help but do. And it is to point out the wretchedness and the wretches 
of other people, right? And, and, to, and what we, we do that so that we don't have to focus on ourselves. We, we don't have to look at ourselves, right? The, the thing about the law, as, as I was talking about before, is the law isn't, isn't so that we can see what we need to do. The law, as it talks about in Romans, is to show us that we are the absolute worst and there is nothing that we can do. And, and be, because of that, we have to have someone else fix our situation. And that's Jesus. Right. And, and so when we forget that, right, we, we, we forget that and we start to look at other people or we even look at our own sin, right. And we think we need to process this, right. So what what's going on with this situation with people now kind of getting language for the abuse that they've experienced at the side of the church. And I've even talked about that in my podcast about deconstructing and why we have to stop talking about deconstructing our faith or deconstructing our faith in general. We, we have to stop throwing the baby out with the bathwater. We just have to stop doing that or else we're going to continually be floundering around trying to find a group that we can identify with. But ultimately we never will because they will always hurt us because we're only looking, we're only, we're victimizing ourselves as much as we can without owning sin. Now I'm not saying that if you have been abused by the church, or you have been hurt by the church or physically or sexually abused by people in the church, right? Like that you, you can't seek retribution. You can't seek uh, uh, a consequence, right? That's different, right? But, but in the end, we all have our own part to play. And what that part is, is personal responsibility as a result of whatever we've been through, right? No matter what, I have been through in my life, no matter how hard or terrible or difficult this past season has been, I, I it does not give me the excuse to only point out sin in others. That's why in this podcast, I try to be genuine. <clears throat> I try to be honest, right? I've tried to even talk about what I've got, what I've been working on through counseling, right? And that's something to do. If you've ever been hurt by the church or experienced abuse from the church, get counseling, do not write an expose on the church <laughs> unless unless there's something really bad and you did that right you need to tell the authorities that's different right but the the difference is okay you need to go to a better church if your church i want you to listen to me if your church is taking what is going on right now with vaccines and masks and, and all that kind of stuff and politics. And they are bullying you into following a certain ideology, left left or right, doesn't matter. And they are bullying you with the scriptures or with some type of gaslight, uh, some type of, you, you know, this will help you. Know, I guess your relationship with Jesus isn't that great, right? With whatever, if they are bullying you into that or even lording over you things about, well, you know, these people over in, in Afghanistan or there are people who are, are, are dying for the church and you can't go to the church because blah, blah, blah. Like if there are, if there are people who are doing that to you and you've had a conversation, now you have to have a conversation. You can't just dip out, right? You have a conversation and they don't want to change and they think this is right. Go to a better church. Just go to a better church because the, what you need to do is you need to see that the church is actually the bride of Christ and when it acts as the bride of Christ in a beautiful and submissive way to its its head, its 
groom, Jesus Christ, it does amazing, remarkable things in the lives of the people that go there. Right. So my wife and I, right, we, we go to this church down here in South Carolina. It's, it's just such a good church. And we sat down with one of the pastors or I sat down with one of the pastors and my counselor and we unpacked everything that happened this last year. And I, there has been a time in, in this season where I wondered, can, can I ever really be a part of a church? Honestly, like is, how do I, how do I be in community? honestly, without any issues happening, without people making judgments or whatever. And the nonchalant, in a good way, the nonchalant way this pastor was like, yeah, why, why wouldn't we, we let you be a member? You, you have an odd, you want to have an audition for the worship team? Yeah. Why not? It, it, it was, it was incredible. Like it was like, I cried because, because I, I honestly let the enemy have me believe that I didn't have a home in the church, which should never be the case. Everyone has a home in the church. Now, here's the difference though. I'm working with my counselor on sin in my life that I have to repent of daily and work to be freed from, to find victory over and to be sanctified every day. Because if, if, if I think I'm going to be just fine the next day, then this is, this is what happens. We start to, we get into this normalizing of, of working out our issues on online, right? Whether it's pastoral grievances, right? Complaining about our pastors online or, or creating a, a new genre of church expose and, and with podcasts like this, this just, it's just it, because it, here's the thing about this rise and fall podcast. It starts kind of with a good nature and it just loses focus and it just becomes this, time for people to air grievances. That's what, like, what are we, you're not an expert on, on abuse in the church just because you've been abused by the church. Like, don't think that you can speak on other churches because of that, right? You're not an expert, right? Or we, we like to, then we, we start to throw out such harsh and destructive language because of our hurt or because of other people, right? And we polarize and we create tribes and we, we, we escalate all this theological labeling that's going on. And, and we, then we start to reject church in general, right? Where we see people like, I'm, I'm not going to be a part of this church. I can't be a part of a large church or a small church, right? And, and in the end, we will always just end up shooting ourselves in the foot because we'll never win, right? And, and, then, and then the worst part is we, we go inward, right? We start to reflect and we ask rhetorical questions and we look so smart and we look so good and cool and put together. And, uh, you know, I'm just not good for my mental health to be in this situation, right? You know, there's sure that's a place, but here's the thing in my life. My tendency is when things get hard and I have to put more effort in, I, I pull back. That's my tendency. And so the difference for me is when things are getting hard in my life, in relationships or with the, what, with having to deal with things from this past year, my rule is I can't retreat. I can't retreat inward because it doesn't matter if it's a trigger because my trigger response is not healthy. Sorry. In that, in my own life, that's what I have to do. And so I, I, I it's, we have to stop. And this was so good. We were talking about this this past Sunday at church. Stop processing and just repent. 
stop processing your sin in quotes and just repent because your issues are not for you to process but to repent of because you're not the king it'd be different if you are the king of your of this entire world and there are things going on in your life that you need to okay what's going on here why am I sleeping with my girlfriend? Why am I lying all the time? Why am I stealing? Why am I being incredibly harsh to people around me? Why am I only caring about myself? Hmm, I need to think. No, you repent of it. You give it to the Lord every single day. And you also expect that this is going to take you probably a year or more, right? It's, it's your sin that you wrestle with day to day does not go away in one day. My sin that I'm working through with my counselor, which I've been working with my counselor for five months, uh, is still not gone. But that's not a surprise, surprise to me. It shouldn't be a surprise to me. Whatever you're dealing with, whatever you, you're, you're, whatever sin you wrestle with does not go away overnight. And you have to be okay with that because that's sanctification. Because the beauty of this life is you are a wretch. And here's the other thing. Your pastor is a wretch. Your, your spouse is a wretch. Now, they're saved by grace and through faith. And daily, the hope is that they're being made new, right? Mark Driscoll probably was still having days where he was being renewed by, by the, the Holy Spirit. But a lot of days he wasn't. And that could be the same of your pastor. Do not put the people in in elders or, or pastors on these pedestals to, to think that they weren't once terrible, abhorrent sinners doomed to destruction in hell. And just because now they're saved and they're in the office of pastor elder, boom, they're perfect. They're not. When things hit the fan, chances are they're not going to respond the perfect way. When, you, when stuff hits the fan, your friends who have loved you through seasons of life that have been so tough, right? Probably, they got stuff they got to deal with. Remember when we talked about this with the whole grief thing? People expect you to get over things at a, on their timetable. And then what if, what if the ha stuff happens to them? They have to forget about your stuff. They got to work on their stuff, right? This is the, this is, you were once lost, you were once blind, but you're found in Jesus. And now you see. And, and because of that, right? He's, you've, you've come through a lot. You've already come through all these, all the dangers and snares and grace through Christ. God's, God's grace in Christ and through the Holy Spirit has brought you to the, where you are right now. And grace will continue to lead you until you go home to him in glory. And his, his word is your hope. It's not a government. It's not a church. It's his word. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And if you're not daily eating and devouring the word of the Lord, right? You're not going to find hope. There's so many days when I let my discipline with the Lord and reading my Bible and journaling, just, I just, I just, I just don't do it. And I feel like crap later. I feel like absolute crap. I don't have any hope because God will be your shield 
and your portion. He will be your shield to defend you from whatever happens in your life. And, and he will be your portion, meaning he, it's not like you're going to have to keep drinking, right? With water, you have to keep drinking water to stay alive. You have to keep eating to stay alive. He is your portion, the bread of life, a well that never goes dry. As long as you live, he will be your shield and your portion forever. And yeah, you will experience pain and you will feel loss and hurt from others. And everything will go away. Everything will disappear. Everything will be destroyed. And eventually people will betray you. Sometimes you're going to see that more clearly than others. And you're going to see the evil of this world. You're going to see wretchedness. But the hope is that you, in those moments, you look at yourself and you say, man, I'm such a wretch. I'm, I was hopelessly lost. I was hopelessly terrible. And yet, God in Christ saved me. So when you're looking at your life and you're looking at what's going on in your day right now, I hope that you honestly take a look. What, what are you ignoring in your own life? What wretchedness are you ignoring in your own life right now? I'm not, this is not to say you're, how dare you beat yourself up, be, it's all about workspace kind of thing. No, 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 no. Christ accomplished everything that needed to happen for you to earn salvation on the cross. He did that for you. You don't do it, but he calls you to be holy like he is. So where are you choosing wretchedness over righteousness? Where are you choosing wretchedness over righteousness? That's something I have to ask myself every day. It doesn't matter that amount of ministry. It doesn't matter that I work from home for Cisco. It doesn't matter that if I have a, a worship group called the Grace Collective. It doesn't matter if I talk to amazing people about Jesus. It do, none of that matters. It doesn't even matter if I look at my kids and I show them Jesus and my actions towards my wife and my actions towards them. None of that matters if in my own life, all I'm doing is choosing wretchedness over righteousness. So I hope... I know this was kind of a heavy podcast, <laughs> but I hope, I hope that this was an encouragement to you. It's interesting to look back at everything that's happened this past year and just to see this trend, this sadly upward trend of us pointing out wretchedness and wretches outside of ourselves so much. And it, it should pain us. And it pains me, like I said, to see podcasts like this, like the rise and fall of Mars Hill. These, we just were so good about just putting the blame or putting negativity on other people. And I've talked, I talked about that with, this with Brett in the podcast last week, and I, I'm talking about this with other people in the future. And uh, I just, I don't want to be that. Like it's, it, who wants to be a Christian 
if a Christian is always negative, <laughs> you know? So anyway, my voice just cracked. That was a great way to end this podcast. <laughs> I hope that you've had a good day. I hope that you've enjoyed this podcast. Um, I am, honestly. I feel like this is just a, a weirdly intimate podcast. But I've I've enjoyed I've I've enjoyed this podcast more being out of ministry. And I really appreciate and am, am thankful to God for this podcast. It's interesting. It, it it's a beautiful depiction of my relationship with the Lord, I think. I think it's a really good way to depict my relationship with the Lord. It's it's not this amazing I'm I'm not this amazing person. I'm not this this celebrity. I don't have thousands of followers. Not like that's the most important thing anyway. It's daily I I I I just want to be more like him every day. And I hope that you do too. And I hope that this podcast somehow helps you do that. Because here's the cool thing. And I want you to know this. God sees you where you're at right now. And he loves you. If you're in Christ, he loves you. Even if you're choosing wretchedness over righteousness and you're in him, he loves you right now. But he also loves you way too much to let you stay like that. And so I hope... I hope you turn from your sin like I'm trying to do. And I hope you just turn to him. Repent. Don't process. Just repent. Anyway, thank you guys. Thanks, thank you to the listener who suggested this song. Like I'm emotional <laughs> after this podcast. I'm going to need to watch a soap opera. Anyway, I don't even, who watches General Hospital anymore? I, <clears throat> not me. Uh, but I hope you guys have had a, a wonderful time in this podcast. And I, I hope you have a wonderful weekend. On a wonderful Lord's Day, worshiping corporately, um, wherever you are. And um, yeah, if you guys ever have any su- suggestions or ideas or feedback, theology and uh, music at Gmail. But also, like I said, follow me on Instagram, Theology of Music. You can comment there. You can um, let me know what you want to hear next. You also can get some sneak peeks into the, what the episodes will be this week. Uh, also, some bonus content like clips from the episode, too. So share that too, please. I would I really appreciate it if you could share the, the Instagram with your friends, follow on Instagram. Um, yeah, but I'm, I'm just, once again, I'm just so thankful for you all and I hope you have a wonderful day. See ya. <laughs>